Right, if you are there, let's all stand, please, if you can. Um, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Let's read these uh, two verses together. Just two verses. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Together now, verse number 1, ready to read. Simon Peter, I'm a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us and through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Our Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, um, for bringing us together. And thank you, God, that you have given us the opportunity to come before your presence. And tonight, Lord, um, make our hearts ready. Let the Holy Spirit of God to control our service tonight. And give us victory in our hearts and bless all of us oh god bless um, your people the families that are here the individuals and lord um, from from uh, the youngest to the oldest amongst us i pray that your name will be uh, magnified lord and thank you for all the blessings that you have given to us thank you lord for the safe delivery of um, uh, sister april and the family of Brother Ram, I pray, O oh God, that you'll uh, continue to bless them and also look after Lord <coughs> and Sister Deborah and uh, the coming um, arrival of the baby. And Lord, we just um, commit to you all our uh, cares and we will just commit to you, Lord, um, uh, all our burdens and bless all of us, O oh God. And Lord, show, show us your um, uh, mighty blessing. And Lord, we just expect that Lord, um, you will uh, continue to use us and use us, Lord, and use us mightily. Bless all of us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 The truth of our Christian faith. Now, um, here you can find that the Apostle Peter uh, was writing these two books, uh, the first and the second Peter. And in his first letter, Apostle Paul or Apostle Peter writes this um, encouragement to you know the believers in his time he he wrote to them uh, for the purpose that these people will become um, you know useful uh, these people will become uh, uh, strengthened in their in their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and again as he wrote this um, letter to them the Apostle Peter was um, you know, experiencing this uh, se severe testing of his faith, um, especially you know when when Nero, the emperor of Rome at that time, had really uh, a really heavy hands on Christians. You know, it's not it's not like um, strange or unusual that the government will lay their heavy hands on Christians, and it happened. Many times before, it happened during the Roman Empire. It happened to the Lord Jesus Christ. It happened after that, um, years after the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus, and then the disciples scattered abroad. It's because of the um, the heavy hands of the authorities against the Lord, against the disciples, against the people of God. And uh, here, uh, there is there was sometimes a shaking of the faith 
of the people when they were severely tested in their faith. And again, um, in this text that we have read tonight, this is the second letter of the Apostle Peter. Um, this is the time where he wrote this to warn those people of the dangers ahead. There, there are dangers uh, that the Christians, the believers, are facing ahead. And again, uh, that danger will come to the church and the people in the church will be shaken and that, that threats will just increase and keep on increasing and to the effect that um, the people that worship the Lord will be discouraged. And once they get discouraged, it can affect the work of the Lord for the next generation. So, again, um, um, because of the situation of the believers in those times, the Apostle uh, Peter saw the need. He saw the need of encourage, encouraging and warning the people in those times. And therefore, he wrote these two books, uh, the first Peter and the second Peter. And this is both um, the ministry of uh, encouragement and the ministry of warning. So you can find in this writing of the Apostle Peter, and in this second letter that he wrote, this was addressed to the Jewish Christians in those times, somewhere around um, 60 to 68 AD. So in those times, um, um, he wrote this warning, but I'll tell you, the warning of the Apostle Peter that's addressed to those times in the first century is the same warning and can also be as the same encouragement that we in this age and time um, have need. So therefore, I think uh, it's just uh, very, very important that we will also see how these people got encouraged and how these people got warned and because the same encouragement and the same warning are very much, very much needed in our times today. So here in our in the opening um, verses, the Apostle Peter wrote this um, introductory, you know, lines, and this introduction is about himself. He introduced himself in the letter, and that this is like observable in in the letters uh, of the epistles. Like the Apostle Paul, he always mentioned his name at the beginning of his writing. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Paul, you know. So those kind of writing style. So Peter is the same. He, he puts his name first. So he, he opened the verse with his introduction about himself. And, and here he lays before all the people that read this message um, some very, very important truths important truths about Christian faith, about our Christian walk. So here tonight, we'll take a look at this from the very verse, uh, beginning of the verse. Simon Peter, verse number one, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained the, the uh, obtained like precious faith with us. Thoroughly, um, uh, truly the righteous, uh, through the, righteous, uh, the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you um, through the knowledge of God and of 
Jesus our Lord. So you see here, the Apostle Peter, um, he calls himself Simon Peter. Now, I just want you to observe in, chapter, in the first book, the first book that he had in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 1. Um, he wrote also there um, an introduction about his name. He said, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Now, he, he wrote the same, but there's a little bit, you know, the name differs a little bit. Um, first, he said in chapter 2, uh, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, it, he calls his name Simon Peter. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 1, he calls himself uh, Peter. Now, what's the difference of these two names? Now, they're just all the same. Both names are just um, both the same. But Simon actually was the name given to Peter before uh, when he was born. So in other words, when he, when he was born into this world, he was named Simon. And the word Peter uh, is a name given to him, you know, after he was saved. So before he got saved, his name was Simon. The moment that he got saved, his name is Peter. So again, Simon here, we can see that that is his old name, old life, pertaining to the old nature, pertaining to the old ways of life. The same thing with us, I could say, when I was 19, um, in 1993. And uh, maybe, maybe many of you also got saved when, when, when you are already a teenager or, or maybe more. But the, the, the reality is that the moment that you get saved, there's a something changed in us. Something has changed. Apostle Peter is very, um, you know, obvious. His name got changed. Our name probably also we, we just don't feel it, but our name also has changed. Before we are unsaved, now we are saved. Before we are not, you know, member of, members of the family of God, now we are members of the family of God. Before, you know, we we think that we are Christians, but we are not really Christians. But when we got saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are now, you know, Christians. So before we are not Christians, now we are Christian. So that changed our name. That changed us. The Apostle Peter also got changed. So again, Simon speaks of the old unregenerate person, unregenerate man, before he knew the Lord. But Peter, Peter, uh, you know, speaks of the new converted person, a new person in the Lord Jesus. And again, what, what really transpired and what can make this happen? I'll tell you, my friend, it's just a miracle. Our salvation can only come by a miracle because it is not the power of man or the power of a preacher or a power of some soul winner uh, to convert the person's heart or soul to the Lord. No, it is the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And when God will work in the midst of, you know, his people and save people, that caused by the power of God. So what really transformed, the, uh, what really caused the transformation of Peter is really the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. 
Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, and as Christians today, we should be able to also relate to this old, you know, we, we, we know that before we get saved, we are this and we are that. And after we get saved, something has changed. Things that we, we leave off in our life, things that we put off, and there are things that we put on uh, in, our, in our Christian life. Why? Because what happened there, it is the power of God that changed us. It is the power of the Holy Spirit of God. In Romans 1.16, it says, <clears throat> I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation um, um, to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It can save the Jew. It can save the Greek. It can save the you know, barbarian. It yep. can save anyone. Yep. That is where the power of the Holy Spirit lies there in the gospel of Christ. Yeah. The gospel of Christ is so powerful. And again, until today, that gospel of Christ is still and remains to be powerful. Yeah. And it can still transform the sinner into a saint. It can transform, you know, Simon to Peter. It can transform the unsaved person to be a saved person. Amen. It can transform an unregenerate person to become a Christian. Now I am a Christian because it is because of the power of God. Amen. That is the reality of our Christian life. There was a change. There is a change in our Christian life. The second truth of the Christian faith is that um, we can find that glorious service. The glorious service in the Lord. Go back to our text in 2 Peter chapter 2. Or sorry, 2 Peter chapter 1. Again in verse number 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Now notice here again, we, we cannot go away very far away from this text because there is a lot of uh, things that we can learn, things that this verse really is very rich. A lot of things can, we can learn. The word servant there, because our Christian life you know, our Christian life is has a glorious, you know, service in the Lord. This is a glorifying endeavor. This is um, something that whatever we do in the church, you may not know it, you may not realize it, that it gives glory to God. You know, the moment that you listen to the preaching and then you work out that in your heart and you meditate upon the word, and then that word will just work in your life, work in your heart, and will cause change in your ways. And that is glorifying to the Lord. In your heart, you're really, you know, um, um, determined to change your ways. But in the eyes of God, He is glorified because you hearken, you listen to His word. Amen. Without you knowing it, but God is glorified. That is why here we have this glorious service to the Lord. And Simon Peter is very interesting. As Simon Peter, the servant, the servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, what is the word servant? I, I, I wonder if you consider yourself a servant of Jesus Christ. Amen. You see, I believe so, that all of us, I believe that we are all in the service of Jesus Christ. Amen. All of us. I, I, don't, I don't have any... Um, shadow of doubt that you know um, um, our church 
most people, if not all, would really want to serve the Lord because they have that servant heart. But I wonder if this kind of servanthood is the same as the servant that the Bible is speaking to. And the Bible is speaking about servanthood. As Apostle Peter con confirmed to us that he is also a servant because he said that. Simon Peter, a servant. So the servant, the word servant, servant uh, in the Old Testament, there's a word servant there, Moses. Moses, the servant of God. The same is this in the New Testament. But in the Old Testament, it's different. It is called Ibed, um, which is, you know, uh, it's called um, uh, H5650, which means it is a slave. And it is also a, um, a, a band, band man, a person in bondage, because he is a slave, he is a servant. So Moses, a servant of God, so he considers himself, you know, in, in bondage to God. This same um, terminology here used by Peter, Simon Peter, a servant of Christ, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. But in the Greek, it is called doulos, doulos. So in Hebrew, the Old Testament, the word servant is ibed. But in Greek, it's doulos, but the, those two terminologies are the same. They are called slave. There's no defection to this, um, you know, uh, old, um, old definition of the term. It carried all the way to the New Testament. And even until now, this word servant is actually uh, doulos in, in Greek. Uh, it's G1401 because you know, in Greek and Hebrew, they number that there is a numerical value of the words. So the word, the word um, doulos is uh, G1401. The word um, um, ibed, which is in Hebrew, is um, H5650. So now here, these are all the same. They are all the same, literally, word slave. So with that, Apostle Peter considered himself a slave. He's a slave. And again, in, in 1 Peter, um, he calls himself a servant of Jesus Christ. Whether it is Ibed in Hebrew or Doulos in, in, in Greek, uh, it's all the same, which means a slave. And he describes himself to be a slave. That's why I ask you whether you are a servant of Christ, because if you are a servant of Christ, you are a slave to Christ. You have nothing of your own. You do not own your life. You do not own your time. You have no ownership at all because someone owns you. And that someone that owns you is the Lord Jesus Christ if you consider yourself a servant of Jesus Christ. That is why in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 19 states this. It said, um, no, what know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. You are not your own. You don't belong to yourself. 
the things that you call your own do not really belong to you. It all belongs to God. Yep. Not your time, not your talent, not your treasure belongs to you. Nothing belongs to you but to Christ. You see, that is why when it's time to church, I must be in the church. I'm a servant. I am a slave to the Lord Jesus. Whenever there is a church time, I will just surrender my life to the Lord. Lord, here am I. At your service, Lord. Here I come, Lord. I want to serve you. That is why if you, if, if you really have something on there, you drop it. Because you are a servant. You are a slave. You have to go to your master to serve your master. Amen. We come because we serve our master. We don't serve pastors. We don't serve anyone. But we serve the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the Lord Jesus that we serve. And remember, everything that you think you own does not really belong to you. Nothing belongs to me. My wife does not belong to me. My children does not, do not belong to me. My, my, my account, my bank account does not belong to me. Everything that I own actually is not mine. I'm just a, a, a manager. I'm just a steward. A steward is not the owner. It's just a manager. Because time will come. I will leave these things and then go to my master. I will report to my master and someone else will take over you know what I'm going to leave off there is nothing that really we call our own really our own so our time does not belong to us when it's time to church then come to church when there is an activity drop everything because that activity is of the Lord Jesus Jesus is your master he is your master you are a slave to him you just go there because you belong to his service. If you make your own activity, you are not Christ's servant. You are not his slave. It's a sad, you know, um, thing that so many of us will consider, I mean, will claim to be Christians and, and, and servant of Christ, but in our action, we deny him of our service. We are servant of Christ, but in our day-to-day -day life, we deny him of that service. But we claim to be Christians. We claim. We think that, you know, things are our own. But the fact is, even your body does not belong to you. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? That is why take care of your body. Sleep well. If you are not really working, you know, anything, just sleep well. Do not strain your body because that body belongs to Christ. It must be ready for the things of Christ. Do not put alcohol in that body because it's not yours. Do not put tattoo on that body because it's not yours. Do not put any earrings, you know, if that's not supposed to be yours. Avoid those things because remember, God owns our body and our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And remember who is that person that is 
indwelling in us. It's the Holy Ghost. That means he's holy. And because he is holy, he cannot dwell in an unholy place. He cannot dwell in the place that is already um, vandalized. You put tattoo on your body, you vandalize your temple. Yeah. You're like coming to this place. You have that, you know, paint spray. Shh, shh. Who likes to come and rent this place? And this place is all vandalized. That's what happened to a person that put tattoos in their body. Right. <clears throat> Take that. You know, we, we, we are not supposed to do that because our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm talking about those things visible, but there are also things that are not visible to the eyes that defile the body. There are a lot of things that eyes cannot see of what you have done to your body in secret. Those things avoid. Why? Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's not a temple of pastors. It's the temple of the Holy Ghost. Pastors are not always holy, but the Holy Ghost is always holy. Remember that because we might wake up one day and think, thinking that we are all good in the sight of God and we are not. You see, there are a lot of things that we need to look after because we are servants. That's a very sweet word, servant. But I will tell you, we are not just servant, we are slave. But in that slave thing, actually, it's not really that bad because, you know, we do it out of our love to the Lord. Lord, I'm your servant. And I will offer my life, Lord. And I am under your disposal. Use me in whatever capacity of oh God because I want to serve you. Lord, if the word servant is um, equivalent to a slave, then so be it. I am your slave. That is with volition. That is with voluntary action. You volunteer yourself to be a slave to the Lord Jesus and the Lord Jesus will accept that if it is coming from your heart. But if you do not want to serve the Lord, He is not forcing you. The Lord does not force us to serve Him. But God will be glorified when you serve Him in truth with all your heart. To be a slave, my friend, to be a slave of the Lord means three things. Number one, being possessed by the Lord. The Lord is owning you as his position you are god's position because you are his and it means that you are god's property if you are god's property you better you know refrain from 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 taking um you know um action that will defy the owner of the property 
If you are God's property, you ought to be serving God. Yeah. And serve the things of God. Serve the souls of men. Love the word of God. Love the church of God. Love the people of God. And do the things of the Lord. Why? Because you are God's slave. To be a slave of the Lord means being possessed by the Lord. You belong to God. You are God's property. To be a slave of the Lord uh, is uh, that means you are being at the disposal of the Lord. You see, don't you know that being slave, you have no right at all. You lose your right. All the rights only belong to the master. The master has all the right. If the master will say, okay, the food is not enough for me, I will eat this, don't eat today. The master will say that, the slave cannot. There's no law that they can go to any authority to complain. Oh, I'm not fed here. My master is not feeding me. There's no law. The master is law. Whatever the master says is a law to that slave. That is the gravity of this relationship between God's servant and, and, the, and, the, and, and, and the Lord. The person that is a servant, a slave, is under the mercy of the master. The master could do anything that he chooses with the slave. And again, no one can question. In those times, no one can question. And I believe that is still the same today. God, no one can question God. Yeah. If I serve God and then, you know, my, my life is in jeopardy, no one can, can complain to God. If you are serving the Lord and then you end up your life in misery, no one can complain to God. Because He is sovereign. He is the master. He is the, he is the owner. He has, all the, um, he, has, he has all the authority. That's what happened to Apostle Paul. Before he was fighting against Christ, without knowledge, you know, out of ignorance. He fought against Christ and he fought against Christian. And sometimes many of us may be fighting against, fighting against the people of God, servants of God, maybe against pastors. You fight against pastors without you knowing you're fighting against God. Yeah. But I will tell you, sometimes the Lord will reveal it to, to people. But there are people like that. Apostle Paul, before he became Paul, he was Saul of Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus. He did not spare uh, you know, his wrath against the Christians. He fought against the Christians. He, he put them in prison and put them to death. Stephen, you know, the one here that died in the, in the book of Acts. Um, it was Apostle Paul's consent. Uh, the moment that the, the killer um, killed uh, uh, Stephen, and the, they put the clothes there um, in front of Saul. Saul was a very, very, uh, um, you know, determined to, to punish Christians, those people who believe in Jesus Christ. But the moment that um, Saul 
and discovered that he was wrong and he was fighting against the Lord. He was he was on his chariot chasing after the uh, um, uh, after the Christians in uh, in on his way to Damascus. When he was there um, chasing the Christians, running for their lives, then all of a sudden there was this uh, um, bright light that shone uh, above him. And then I think he got blinded because he stared up on the light. Or what's what kind of light? You know, sometimes you, you, you uh, some children will look at the sun and then they will stare at the sun. It can destroy their eyes. But that one is not the sun. That that light that um, um, shone round about Paul or above Paul was the Lord Jesus Christ. And he Amen. tried to look into that light. Then he got blinded. So he he was bl- uh, he was blinded by that um, light. And then he fell to the, uh, from his chariot, he fell to the ground and, and he heard a voice from heaven and said, Soul, soul, why persecutest thou me? And he answered and said, Who art thou, Lord? He has an old idea now that, oh, this is something. He called him Lord, but he doesn't know who he, who he was. But that voice answered, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Soul, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Then God said, Paul, you are like someone who, who sees who sees a, you know, a nail, a protruding nail here, and you take off your shoes and you kick the nail. You cannot win. God said, it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And you know what Paul said in Acts 9, verse number 5? Acts 9, verse number 5. Um, verse number 6 and he Paul trembling and astonished said Lord what wilt thou have me to do that is a sign of surrender he allows the Lord to be his master and he became a slave he wanted to be a slave he stopped fighting against God he stopped you know um, going against the will of God he followed the Lord and he was the Lord. Lord, whatever you say, I will do it. That is the sign of a servant. That is a sign of a slave. That you will do whatever your master would say. I hope and I pray that we are like that. As Christians today, as servants of God, we are actually slaves to the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's not in the wrong way, slave in a wrong way. We are, we are slave of the Lord Jesus Christ, but also it is, it is a slavery that is gladly, gladly acknowledged by us. That we are possessed by the Lord. We are owned by God. I am owned by God. If God will consider me as his slave, that would be a, you know, a joy to me. If God will say, oh, Adrian, you are my you are my slave. You do what I say. Yes, Lord, at your service. I will just do it, Lord. Whatever you want to, me to do. That is what Apostle Paul was saying. He said, Lord, you know, what will thou have me to do? What do you want me to do? You see, in 2 Corinthians 5.14, A person that is possessed by Christ is the person that wants to be at the disposal of the Lord. 
A person that wants to be, you know, of service to the Lord, no matter how hard may be the task. He, he only has one, one, and one desire only. And his desire is to obey the Lord. Yeah. Why? Because of his love to the Lord. You see, the Bible says, For the love of Christ constraineth us. There is nothing stopping him to serve the Lord because the love that he has for the Lord Jesus Christ is the one that's pushing him. It's the one that's, you know, um, you know allowing him. It's the one that's uh, actually constraining. It's, it's like, a, you know, a stopping. But this is um, what Apostle Paul is saying here is that uh, the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, and we are all dead. So he's saying that because of his great love for the Lord, his, his master, um, you know, um, everything he will do for the Lord. Another thing that we need to understand in our uh, Christian faith is not just that uh, there is a miracle um, um, involved in our Christian faith. It's not just that this is there is a glorious service that you know um, um, belong to this, but my friend, this also our Christian faith. There is this divine calling, divine calling. We cannot go anywhere in the verse, but still in verse number one, Second Peter chapter one, verse number one. The Bible says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, Peter here describes himself not just a servant or a slave, but he is considering himself also an apostle, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, apostle, what is an apostle? A person that is called, especially called, in a special way, special messenger for the Lord. Now, if Apostle Peter is a special messenger for God, how did Peter become an apostle? How uh, did he become, you know, appointed to the apostleship? Was it by his own, you know, coming forward and volunteered himself to be an apostle? No, it was not coming by his own. The apostleship of, the, of Peter and his calling uh, is calling from the Lord. The Lord called him in a special um, uh, task of the ministry. Let's take a look at this in Mark chapter 1, verse number 17. Mark chapter 1, verse number 17. This, my friend, um, is a special calling of the Lord for these people. Then, and, and Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. The Lord called these people, you know, um, in those times, he called these people and he called servants, you know, from, um, from, where, from where they are. God called these working people. I will tell you, if you are not working for the Lord or if you are not busy in your life, God will not call you. The Lord called these people. They are very busy people. When, when Apostle Peter was called, he was mending nets. They were working really hard, you know, uh, cleaning the nets of their, of their business. And 
And these people are, are working for a living. And then the Lord called them. The Lord did not call those people who are just sitting by. Those people who are not, who are not um, um, in trade. Those people who are not uh, engaged in any livelihood. The Lord called these people who are um, uh, people who are busy already. So again, this is a hint for all of us. We need to be busy if you want to be used by God. If you want God to use you and call you, you must be found faithful in where you are and doing things for the Lord. John 21 verse number 15. John 21 verse 15. So when they had dined, uh, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than this? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, uh, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, um, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. <laughs> Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Do you really love God? And all of us will say, Yes, Lord, we love you. But God will ask that question again if you are not serving the people of God. God will ask that question again if you are not winning souls to Christ. God will ask that question again if you are not, you know, serving God in the church. Yeah. Feed my sheep, feed my lamb. What is that? The people, serve the people, serve the people, win people to Christ. You know, uh, encourage yeah. people to, to be, to yeah. be uh, 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 effective in the church. Encourage faithfulness. Encourage. Yeah. If there's anyone in your life that will discourage you to come to church, cross that person. Do not listen to that person. Because he is, he, that person is anti-Christ. Yeah. That God wants you to be faithful in the church, and that person is discouraging you to yeah. be faithful. That person, without no matter how 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 godly they may look, they are not godly at all. Yeah. Deep within their heart, they are evil. Do not listen to people that will discourage you from being faithful to God. If there's anyone. Just one hint. If, if that person has spoken once for you not to come to church, just a hint. Mark that person because that person does not have the Spirit of Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ was not happy with this situation. Looking at this, these are apostles. These are the people whose you know, the, 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 the keys of heaven, the, the, the gospel are in their hands. The salvation of souls are in their hands. The souls of men, the souls of men are dependent upon these people. And they are not doing the things of God. They are not doing soul winning. And the Lord asked the same question three times. Do you love me? And... It's easy for us to say, yes, Lord, I love you. Every time the Lord will answer, it's always the sheep, the lamb. 
the lamb is the, you know the young the young of the sheep a one year old one year old above one year old is already you know a mutton it's, but the lamb is specifically for the young that means feed my lamb so win souls you know <laughs> win souls that is very clear that the, the Lord signifying that you need to have you know you win souls to Christ win souls to Christ feed my lamb and feed my sheep or oh, those people that are saved you know encourage them to be baptized encourage them to do the, the 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 holy things of god encourage them the righteousness of christ encourage them encourage them to do the right thing and to come to church and and be a part of the ministry and serve god encourage them and keep on doing that that's what happened to peter here peter until the moment that he cried already he could not bear anymore and he was grieved and he said lord you know that i love you and again the lord did not stop and he said feed my sheep how come you you admitted how come you admitted that you love god and you are not sharing the gospel why you can say that you love god and you do not do anything about the souls of men that will die and go to hell why we can we can claim that we love god and we do not do what he wants us to do feed my sheep feed my lamb there's a lot of in, in our church there's a lot of young christians that needing feeding a young christians new in their christian lives that do not know yet about the righteousness of god and the holiness of god in their lives and we are not doing anything the Lord has entrusted to us the souls of men. And the Lord is entrusting to you the people around you. And God is speaking to you. Do you love me? Yes, Lord. Why are you not doing anything about those people around you? Do you love me? Yes, Lord. Feed them. Feed them the word of God. That's why when we come and I encourage the men to preach the word. Preach the word. So that you will do this, what God is bidding us. He wants us to feed the sheep, feed the lamb. How are you going to feed them? The word of God is yeah. what we are going to use to feed yeah. them. God is calling people. He calls us. He calls us to this ministry. He calls us to, for the souls of men to be saved. John 15 verse 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. And whatsoever you shall ask of my Father in my name, he may give it to you. We are called by God. We are not calling God. We are the ones being called by God. We did not choose God. God has chosen us. Acts 13, verse 1. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch a certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manain, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And they ministered unto the, uh, to the Lord and fasted the, the Holy Ghost and said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And they went, uh, uh, and, and when they had fasted and prayed, 
and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, um, being, uh, so they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed into Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. You see, God is calling people, and God is separating people for the work of the ministry. God's special messengers are God-appointed people. But again, what a privilege, what a privilege it is to be servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a privilege it is to be slave to the Lord Jesus. I will tell you, it's a very ugly word, slave. But if you are being called by God to serve Him, actually that is slave, but for the praise and glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, I would love that position. I would love it. Lord, let me be your slave. And help me, Lord, to be your, your faithful slave. Another thing that we need to understand about our Christian faith is that um, um, not, just, not just the divine calling that's involved in this, not just the glorious service, not just the miracle of our conversion, but also, my friend, the, um, the truth of our Christian faith is the way of salvation. The way of salvation. That um, here, Apostle Peter, in go back to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 1. The Bible says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And again, in here in verse number one, we have a clear indication that God's method of saving men and women um, and giving them the salvation of the Lord. And again, what is this method? The method here is that um, the Lord is the Lord Jesus Christ and His righteousness is the way that these people um, will be saved. The Man's way of salvation is very common in our times and very common also in their times. The man's way of salvation is um, 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 is, is taught in the in the religion, but God's way of salvation is taught in the Word of God. And here we can see that God's way is that we should come as unworthy sinners and receive the salvation that is offered to us. By the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive it. And you are not worthy to receive it. But you receive it because it is given to you by God. So the Apostle Peter here is really, he become very careful about wording this. He's very careful that he said, um, to those people who through the righteousness of God have received faith as precious as ours. The word like precious faith with us. So Apostle Peter received this precious faith. These people also that received Christ received like precious faith. And again, the difference there is between this Christian gospel and the, um, um, the, religion, the religious system in this world. The difference, my friend, the difference is that there is this salvation by works and there is this salvation by faith. And in that text, look, notice again, notice again, verse number one, it says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have 
obtained, obtained like precious um, faith. Now, the word here is not attained, but the word used is obtained. Because that is what God says. You are saved because you have obtained. You are not saved because you have attained, but obtained. Now, what's the difference between these two terminologies? Attained, that means you work it out and you, you attain. But the word of salvation that we receive is we obtain. That means it is just given, handed to you. And you obtain it. If it is attained, that means you work hard to get it. But our salvation is a free, uh, you know, commodity. Yep. Yep. It is a gift. Yep. The Bible says in, um, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8 and 9, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It is given as a free gift. Once you receive it, you have obtained it. You have obtained it. That is why the word is obtained, not attained. Because that could have been so different. In Titus chapter 3, verse number 5. Titus 3, 5. It said here, Titus 3, 5, not of works, of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, you're so slow, and he, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you see, the, the, the salvation that we have from the Lord, not the righteousness which we have done, that is why it is called obtained. Because if it is by our righteousness, then you can attain to it. But salvation by, by a gift of the Lord Jesus Christ, that is the word here. Um, salvation by faith, not, salva not salvation by works. Amen. Lastly here, lastly tonight, um, not just that we have this um, way of salvation that is so clear to be salvation by faith, not by works, but we also have here in our Christian faith um, the unity of all believers. Apostle Paul has long been gone. Apostle Peter and all the apostles and all the believers and all those people who love the Lord, they have been gone. And there are Christians today that we do not know of. There are Christians all over the world that we do not know um, who are they and where they are right now. But I will tell you, my friend, um, here in our text, um, these people are the same with us. They are the same with us because these people have obtained like precious faith with us. So there is this unity of all believers in the coming you know, millennium of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he, he reigns, we will all see each other and all of us will come together as one. Go back to Second Peter chapter 1, verse number 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. There's nothing there about our righteousness. There's nothing. Yep. Yep. 
It's all and the righteousness Amen. of God. Amen. It's all and the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Yep. And again, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us. They have obtained with us. And again, this tells us that all believers are one because of that one amazing, amazing thing that they have in common with us. And that is the like precious faith. I received Jesus Christ in my heart when by faith I opened my heart and I invited him to come into my life and I got saved. The same thing maybe happened to you, the same thing happened to everyone and not just all of us here but also people outside of this place and those people that are saved in the, um, you know, by receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. They have obtained, all of us have obtained like precious faith. Ephesians 4 verse number 2. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 2. The Bible says, With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. Again, believers from all over the world, there are few in, in, in all places, not many, but there are, there are also you know, in all places, regardless of their race, regardless of their background, regardless of their forms of worship. Uh, again, they may be different. Some people, they worship in houses. Some people, they worship in caves. Um, in all those times of um, persecution, they, they, some people, they, they, they memorize the Bible. They don't bring the Bible because it's illegal. So some people, like us now, we have all the gadgets. We have all the Word of God. So... A little bit different in form of worship that, like what they had, but all the same, um, you know, faith that we have. We have obtained like precious faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that yeah. makes us you know, to be that one, you know, uni unity in the faith in the Lord Jesus. Galatians chapter 3 verse number 28. The Bible says there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. What's common to all of this? The life precious faith. Amen. The faith that I have is the faith that you have. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you believe in the hope that Jesus Christ has given to us. And one day all of this, all of us will be gathered together at the, at the gathering when Jesus Christ will reign. And we will see all these people, we will see all these Faces, we will see all those people, and perhaps maybe there are some surprises. There are people that you think that will be there and not there. Yeah. That is sad. And there are people also that you did not expect to be there, and lo and yeah. behold, they are there. <laughs> but again, we will leave it unto the Lord. But make sure that in your life today, you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You must make sure that you have received Jesus Christ because. If you miss that, the Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by them that heard him. The Lord Jesus Christ has already laid down this simple plan of salvation. Do not miss it, my friends. Do not miss it. If you have not received Jesus Christ yet, receive him now. And do not make delays because we do not know what's going to happen tomorrow. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth.
time will come that there will be no more time. And then you will regret by not accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Let's bow ahead and pray. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, tonight for reminding us, O oh God, what a beautiful thing, Lord, that um, we see all these things in our Christian life. There is this um, salvation, Lord, that you have given to us, the, the power of uh, the Spirit in con converting our souls. And Lord, um, um, that this light of precious faith, that, that common denominator of all the believers, uh, this light precious faith, Lord, we praise you, O God, for um, um, uh, giving us this simple plan of salvation. And I pray, O God, that Lord, all of us will accept, Lord, that servanthood, and we will accept that um, um, role, O God, um, and, and claim that we are your servants, Lord. We are your slave. If that is the, the terminologies, Lord, if that is the definition of the term, Lord, so be it. We are your slave. Help us, O God, that to devote our time to you, to give, Lord, the remainder of our time because we are your slave. Whenever the church is open, whenever there is a work to do for the ministry, Lord, help us to be there because, Lord, we are your slave. Lord, we will not deprive you of your right upon our lives. We will not deprive you, Lord, of the glory that you deserve. Help us, Lord, to live our lives and, 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 and give glory to your name because, Lord, we are your slaves. We are your servants. And help us, O oh God, help us because, Lord, our flesh sometimes will, will resist to this um, decision of our heart, decision of our spirit. But, Lord, help us uh, to fulfill our promises, Lord, to fulfill our desires in you. Bless all your people, Lord, and bless all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's um, all stand and let's sing that um, final hymn.